Hi, I'm Marina Sirtis, and you're going boldly with Beyond Trek Podcast. This is Beyond Trek Podcast, your source for Star Trek on social media and around the web. I'm Big J. I'm Watney. And I'm Dag, the Trivia Master. You can find us on Facebook at Beyond Trek Podcast and on Twitter at Beyond Trek Pod. ELH, do you like ELH or ELH, Mike, hey Mike? you, okay. that guy? <laughs> ELH, Mike, hey you, that guy. Well, first, before we before we get going, I've got to get my my prune juice ready. And my uh, so, so ELH, look at this this mug I've got. It says I choose you, and choose is spelled C H E W S. It's Chewbacca. It's Chewbacca ah. mug. It, yeah, yeah, I got this. My my wife got me this. So, uh, sticking with the old hydro flask today. Pint glass. Pint glass. <laughs> I have a green solo cup of mystery liquid. Oh, <laughs> oh mystery liquid. Creative juice. Oh, right, right. That's what we call it. <laughs> uh, you're right. If that's what you want to call it. So, uh, what what does ELH stand for? So actually, that's a funny story. Um, it started, believe it or not, all the way back in 2011. Um, I was uh, on 4chan as, you know, I was an avid 4chaner back as in the day. As you do. Um, yes. And basically what happened was, is I made a joke about Star Trek. I, I don't remember the, the full context of it anymore. But uh, it was one of those things where we were getting into a logistical conversation. And I eventually just started role playing as the emergency logistical hologram. Oh, okay, I get it. Dag emergency. is like, yes. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Dag loves his logistics. He's he's good with that. He's a very and detailed. His holograms. Uh, right, mm -hmm. right. That's true. Cool. Um, well, let's do intros real fast. Yeah. I'm Watney. Welcome to Beyond Trek Podcast. I have my illustrious co-host, Dag, and Big J with me this afternoon. How are you doing, guys? We're good. Pretty good. Good. We have, of course, our guest, ELH, with us today. Um, do you want to introduce yourself, Mike? Yeah. So I'm ELH, or Mike, as some of you now know. Uh, not really a reason why I've kept my name a secret this entire time it's just no one's asked so i haven't said it <laughs> but uh no i uh i am the moderator the sole moderator of star trek adventures subreddit i run way too many star trek adventures games on the internet and some say i might be insane but they're probably right i can attest to two out of three of those claims so well you keep us up <laughs> pretty busy out in the online community mm -hmm. all right so you're gonna you're gonna tell us a little more about. Now, I've noticed that Dag and Watney have been moonlighting during the week doing this uh, role playing game. So, uh -huh. you guys, want to tell me a little bit about what you're doing there? Um, sure. I guess since I play the captain, I'll go first. Oh God, you're the captain. Uh, you're the captain of yeah, this thing. I am. I don't know how it's still flying around but so tuesday nights um i think it's eight eastern nine eastern nine eastern tuesday nights nine eastern time um me elh dag and a few other players get together on twitch and we 
play um, Star Trek Adventures. Uh, our game is the USS Fenrir. So that's our ship we're flying around. Uh, Cerberus class, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I thought I should know these things, but I'm off the clock. So that's <laughs> she's a part-time captain. Yeah. Um, so in this game, we're exploring uh, the Sabine Expanse, which is an uncharted area of the galaxy. Um, I do play the captain. Her name is Brie Archuleta. She's a human female uh, in her late 30s um, and loves to get out there and explore. If you want to know more, you'll just have to watch. Oh, yes. So, now, where, where can agree. we, before we talk to uh, Mike more about his uh, building a community, uh, real quick, now, why don't you tell us, and we'll, we'll repeat it again later on, but can you tell us where, where do we watch these things? Where can our listeners and viewers see you guys do these uh, adventures? Earth. <laughs> well, yeah, Earth is a good one. Um, no, uh, it's real simple. It is ELH MK1, ELH Mark 1. On Twitch. On Beautiful. Twitch. On Twitch. Oh, and okay. on YouTube. So mm -hmm. Twitch and YouTube, ELH MK1 for Mark mm -hmm. 1. Okay. All right. I, I did see a little bit of it. <clears throat> been able to see some of these uh, matches. Well, I, don't, I think matches not the, the right word. Uh, Role-playing adventures you guys have done. It, it seems pretty interesting to me. Uh, you know, I, it looks like you guys have fun doing that. Now, Mike, how did you find yourself as the sole moderator of a community, a role-playing community on Reddit? So it started off, I was running the Arcadia game way back when Star Trek Adventures had just come out. Mm -hmm. um, and I noticed that the initial STA subreddit, um, it didn't have active moderators. Uh, one was like shadow ban and the other one just wasn't doing anything. Mm. So I basically submitted to the one that was still on Reddit, but not doing anything. And I said, hey do you want another moderator? And he pretty much just brought me on board. And then he dropped off and then the other guy got removed. I didn't do the removal, Reddit did the removal, but it was just me there for the longest time. So, and that was right when this started. Correct. Right when they released Star Trek Adventures. Correct. And since then, how many subscribers do you have now? Roundabout. Um, I'm going to say we have, I'll pull it up and look. We're going to put you on the spot now. You, you weren't ready for that. No, I was not ready for a. Sorry. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to go with 12. Um, 12. 12. <laughs> Looks like we've got uh, just shy of 2.5K. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm under the number, so I win the prices right. <laughs> nice. Well, that's that's yeah. pretty good. So you, you said you had some some issues with uh, moderators who just were inactive, not really, mm -hmm. not really participating or, or doing anything with that. So how do you, I was going to ask you how you build a team of, uh, of moderators, but you've chosen to go solo mm -hmm. and, and just run it yourself. Now is that, is that manageable? Is what was that just, you didn't want to run into another case again where you, you had people that were, working with you and did well for a day or two. And then suddenly they're, they're off the reservation and they're not active anymore. I would say it's a little bit of both. Um, I sort of have a little bit of a perfectionist side to me as mm -hmm. I'm sure Watney and Dag know. Mm -hmm. And 
it's one of the things where if I were to bring on another moderator, I would have such a long list of requirements that it's honestly just easier for me to moderate it myself. And it's it's not that bad. Um, I maybe have to look at auto moderator once a week. Uh, we honestly don't have nice. that many moderatable things on the subreddit. Most people behave, which is great. Well, and yeah. I, I think that's a lot to ask for these days because I've I've been on that site and I can tell you it's uh, just just have the anonymity uh, and uh, if I can say it anonymity. It's like hey, I can do and say whatever I want. There's no such thing as repercussions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that we've had you. Um... We've had you on the podcast before, ELH, and that was back when, before I I joined, I think before DAG even joined, mm -hmm. um, when Big J was doing United Federation of Reddit. Mm -hmm. Is that, the, that was the podcast name, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Back yep, then? That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was focusing mainly on Reddit communities. And I know back then we had, you know, some things go down on the subreddit as they do. Most subreddits mm -hmm. have a drama spell or three. Um, <laughs> no. But, Reddit? No. Yeah, but I think when you have, you know, 25k subscribers, it's it's a it's a big small town. So you have a lot of quality content that people are posting and it is does kind of moderate itself after a certain point. Mm -hmm. So um but, but before we go on, um I talked about Bree, but I want to hear Dag talk about his characters in our Fenrir game. So um, I like to be a little more creative and eccentric and get an idea for who's already present so that I can contribute to that group. Um, my thought process behind that is 20 years old, ever since I started playing D&D &D just after high school in 2000. Um, I always entered games not as a, who do I want to be, but what does this team need? And... Mm -hmm. um, you know, Watney, you were the person to sit to tell me back in November, December that your game was going to be looking for people. And I messaged DLH and was like, so what are you looking for? And I got the application and I went through the application and, um, you know, your team, the, the crew needed a science officer and there were temporal shenanigans, which if you've spent more than 10 minutes with me, you'll know two things. I'm fanatical about Star Trek and time travel. So when I learned that you needed a science officer on a Star Trek bridge who was uh, versed in time travel, uh, I kind of went off the deep end on my own. But I created this character that is a hologram that used to be a computer archive uh, at the Vulcan Science Academy. So he's a Vulcan with pointy ears and everything, Vulcan um, hologram. Uh, who serves as a uh, lieutenant commander in the sciences division aboard Fenrir. That's my primary character. And uh, uh, I just want to put a shout out with Lee Tobin. We're like, we're like besties. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, at least. <laughs> yeah, Bizarre, we have a Bizarre good group for Tobin sure. Are, are work really well together uh, as being the two science officers on the ship. Um, and your captain thanks you for it. <laughs> so <laughs> well if we can get the star operational again that'll be great yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah my second character is just uh a going with uh with a brooklyn accent oh my and, god uh, <laughs> that's great he, he runs the transporters make sure everything is supremo with the transporters <laughs> uh but if you want to catch more of him uh you got to watch the show and now, please do. So. It, it does sound very I think, interesting. 
Yeah, it is. It's it's really fun. It's um, you know, if you're if you're a Trek fan, you really can dive deep, but you know, anyone can play the game. Um, you don't have to be a Star Trek fan. Um, it helps, but if you have fans that are playing with you, that makes the process easier to learn the system. So, um, our overarching topic today for the show is Star Trek fan labor. So, um, we, we, we want to talk about, you know, all of the fans and what they're doing and creating content where they love and how they love it. Um, so thank you, ELH. You're like a master at doing that. You have, you're very prolific. You've created a number of modules, um, on your Patreon. And um, I just want to say I'm impressed and I've been on your you're in your game. I can't remember when I joined. I think it was in the fall last year, but time has flown. So with that being said, um, let's get into building a community. So we talked a little bit about our Star Trek adventures on Reddit um, and that that subreddit seems to be a lot of like, oh, look at this. Uh, look at this new thing that I made or I'm looking for players. Um, so what do you find mostly are your posts in your subreddit? So most of the posts are, like you said, like, hey, a new book has come out or, hey, I'm compiling a bunch of resources. Um, but other than that, we usually get, as you said, looking for party, looking for group. The main one outside of that is like help and advice where, hey, I have a question about the rules or, hey, I'm thinking about doing X. Has anyone else done X? And mm -hmm. did you do Y kind of a thing? Um, it's pretty much what I kind of hold other communities to. And I don't know, again, if that's my perfection to side. But when I go into a new role playing community, I sort of look at the subreddit and go, how do I make the subreddit sort of to the same standard that I hold my own subreddit to kind of a thing? Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when when you got full control or full access to the sub, mm -hmm. how did you go about building the community? Did you find people like came to you gravitated towards the subreddit or did you advertise? So I did do a few posts on like the main Star Trek subreddit. Um, but honestly, most of our traffic has either come from Twitter or it's mm -hmm. come from Modiphius itself. And Modiphius is the publisher of Star Trek Adventures. Right. Um, they do list us as the subreddit for the game. Uh, we're not official or anything, but uh, we are listed, which definitely helps. Yeah, especially when you have people who are RPing, like especially TTRPGs or regular RPGs, like Reddit is very, very commonly used in that crowd. So if you say, here's a forum where you can go and ask questions, it's going to be super helpful for new players. I've got a question uh, for people. you. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut off. So no, no, no. no, no. Uh, okay. So these these communities, as as we all know, and I and I know, uh, anyone can create them. Anyone can do whatever. So, what what is it that makes you official? Is it that you can just say you're official and spread the word like that? Uh, because you basically. Your your community is is the only one uh, uh, out there for this for this role playing, and so and and you and even Modiphius acknowledges that. But you're saying, well, we're not official, uh, and then like for the uh, uh, the show Star Trek Picard. Uh, so on r slash Picard, I pretty much you know say, well, that's the official subreddit. Uh, I mean, there's there's no criteria. It's not like you fill out any form or anything. So, 
what what makes you say that you're not official? Because if if anyone is going to be official, it would be you know the publisher of the game kind of says so. And that's that's actually what it is. Is Modifius uh, does not hand out the official status, quote unquote, um, unless they have full creative control over the space. Um, and that actually was a point of contention. I want to say four or five months ago where I did have Modifius staff in the subreddit as moderators, but there was a falling out among the moderators. Um, long story short there, um, they ended up having to release a official, like they, they had to do a little bit of PR work where they said, this is what an official site is. This is how you get to be official, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I would assume also that uh, CBS or Paramount, whichever division controls the license that gave Modifius the creative ability to create this game, they would have to have a say in a subreddit that represents Star Trek under a licensed work. In order to be the official subreddit of this official licensed work, you would have to have contacts with Paramount to get that status because you're not just representing Modifius or a role-playing game at that point, you're representing Star Trek and that could damage the brand. If there was, uh, if you could just say, Hey, I'm licensed. Yeah. And damage the pockets Yeah, with the wallets. Right. And many right. of our listeners you know? might remember, you know, four or five years ago, there was that big falling out with that project that won't be named, but, uh, when they tried to privatize their million dollar budget, they got off of, uh, uh crowdfunding. Uh, CBS stepped in and they basically did a blanket ban on unlicensed uh, commercial works for, uh, I don't remember how long that was, but there were a couple of podcasts that I listened to that had to just destroy all of their branding. Really? Had as an unofficial podcast. Mm -hmm. CBS was just like, nope, you're done. Um, yeah, I think. Six to 18 months in order for them to, to, to vet all of uh, all the, the the users of the Star Trek brand for creative purposes and say, okay, you guys can have this level of creative expression uh, that won't be considered an infringement. And then we all have to have, this is uh, not licensed, not endorsed by uh, disclaimers on all of those publications too. So we'll know that we made it big when we get the cease and desist letter. I, I think I keep saying it. it. Yeah, I keep, because <laughs> uh, we must not be on their radar, but I think that's that's the goal is when the well, when the lawyers start knocking on your door. And it's a shame that that's the uh, the, the goal there. That's a, that's a funny thing. But yeah, I was just curious as to what went into uh, saying your quote unquote official besides just up and saying that you are. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Voted best burger in the city, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, I, I actually was super curious about the whole crackdown of legality on the community. Cause I feel like Trek gets, and maybe it's just cause I'm in the Trek community, but I feel like Star Trek gets really intense about this particular issue. Um, so I looked up what exactly has to happen for you to be um, to uh, to skirt under the litigation threshold. So, uh, fan made productions must be original stories and must be short. 
uh, actors must be amateurs. They can't be compensated. These are just a few of them. Um, crowdsourcing, crowdsource fundraising is permitted up to $50,000, nothing more than that, which seems if you're doing something huge, like those productions, those video film productions that fans were doing, that's like nothing, especially when you have like Tim Russ involved. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, if you're using props, they can't be bootleg props. You can't make them out of foam at home, I guess. Um, so sounds like they're just they just really wanted to limit things but i mean i get it but at the same time these are the people who are going to respect well, what the kind of brand. props are you supposed to use you, i mean they have to be um fan they have to be uh official star trek merchandise which you can't get anywhere everyone scalps it yeah i, I mean i don't know Maybe I'm old fashioned, but those requirements sound. Dag's like, look at all my things. Look at those tribbles. Is that that's what <laughs> just, I was hearing? Jesus. Just to be clear, <laughs> this tribble officially licensed. Oh, this okay. tribble. Okay, so one is officially licensed, one is not. So Jay, when you edit this, put a censored bar in front of this one. <laughs> Blur it out. Yeah, for sure. Right. For sure. So, um, legalities aside, how do you go about recruiting and choosing? your players. I know you you talked about this a little bit um back in the original when you were originally a guest with us, but if you could just reiterate like how do you decide, you know, this person would be a good fit for this spot on the ship or I do want this player and what qualities you look for in your selection. Sure. So I take sort of a a job application approach to the game where I want to make sure by making the player or potential player fill out an application that one, they're not going to flake. They understand, you know, Hey, have you read to this? Are you okay to commit to a game at this time on this day, every so often, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But then what I usually do for picking the players, once they get past that step of the application is I take a look at three things. The first is whether or not they want to play um, a specific position. And it's funny because, Watney, I think you initially had applied for just doctor. Um, uh-huh. And what I... Surprise tag. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, what I do is I sort of build a pseudo party based on candidates that uh, I like. And that's sort of the second criteria is I have a space where people can tell me about the potential character or a character they have played in the past. And I sort of use that to judge not so much writing ability, but the passion level for what they might bring to the game. And the third thing I look for is actually something I do in the interview that I do. Um, So there's there's three steps. There's the application, there's the interview with me, and then you're in the game. Um, What I do during the interview is kind of like what we're doing now. We have a conversation. We talk about whatever. And I see if they're sociable. I see if they... Um, have obviously a proper microphone. They have microphone etiquette. They're not like coughing into the mic or things like that. Right. Um, But really, once you assemble that sort of pseudo party, you start inviting people and you say, hey, do you want to play this position? Or hey, do you think you could do this position? And that's kind of what I did with Watney um, is I had everything but a captain. And I thought to myself, well, uh, Watney is a... uh, 
I'm not going to do the Ferengi female. Um, yes. Yeah, but Watney's, Watney's <laughs> a woman. And I thought, you know, I haven't had a woman captain yet. I wonder if I can uh, convince her to do it. And as you can tell, I managed to convince her. And I think she's doing a lovely job. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a switch. I'm not used to being so, like, in the forefront. I like mm-hmm. to have a more sciencey role, but I think it's been good for me so far as a player. Um, you experience any pushback you know? on, on that? Just again, with not only being a female, but in this, in this game, you're, you're the captain. So you're, you're in charge. Are you asking me? Yes. I'm asking the only female in the room right now. Who's oh, the captain okay. Of, of the, um, no, <laughs> um, no, I haven't gotten pushback. Um, not that I can recognize because sometimes it's very overt and then sometimes it's more subtle when this kind of stuff happens mm-hmm. and it, it's a longer kind of experience. It happens over time. So I am happy to say that I haven't received any kind of pushback so far. Yeah, okay. Within so. within the player group, we have a really we we forged a really quick dynamic, in my opinion, as somebody who came in like four or five episodes later. Um, you know, ELH will end the game, and we'll stay on for an extra half hour, forty minutes, just talking about where we want our characters to go after this, and mm-hmm. we'll crack jokes and we'll share memes, and I mean, it's it's. It's a very it's a very cool group to be a part of, and I've never once sensed any idea that anybody was unhappy with the way Watney is a captain. I don't know if you've gotten any flack on on Twitter or any other social media, um, but I am absolutely sure that you would have shared it with us if that was the case. Mostly to to get a laugh out of it. <laughs> I definitely had a uh, a few on Ophion that I shared and we had a laugh about, but no, nothing nothing of the sort for Fenrir so far. Cool. Yeah, we we consistently have a decent amount of views. Um, Between sixty I know for, and one hundred. Yeah, and, and there was one night where it got almost up to two hundred. Yeah, and I was, was like, cool. I'm actually sweating. Wow, like, no pressure. I'm nervous, like really, like no stage anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> what do I want to do? Do I want to engage or do I want to go impulse? Like, I don't. Yeah. Um, which that's been its own experience on its own is learning how to captain and like. Also, um, watching references, like I've started rewatching TNG, and I think that that's kind of helping me with getting into the headspace. Um, you know, I'm a huge Voyager fan, so obviously I love Janeway. But I do remember someone in the in the chat on Twitch said something like, how very Janeway of you, or something one night. And I was like, I'll take nice. that as a compliment. <laughs> that is, that's a compliment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess I kind of want to talk about also like different types of content because we discuss obviously a lot so far. We've talked about like the role playing aspect of a fan creation, um, but there is obviously like so many different areas that you could get into if you love Star Trek and you're looking to like put your own spin on it, tell your own story in the universe. There's writing communities on Reddit and Discord. Um, You can create short stories or you can role play in text form, not just um, on Twitch with video in person with other people. 
um there's of course uh podcasting like we're doing right now uh gifing of course big j knows all about this now i'm not a good gifter yet well at yet. least you pronounced I made it. two gifts <laughs> you, you pronounced it correctly that that right there made me happy so we are gifting not peanut buttering right yes Yes, we're going to get so much it, flack for this on Twitter. It's a it's a hard G, not a not a soft G. So, Big J, can you tell me about why you love the content creation form and of gifting? Like, what drew you to that? Well, mm, it was I, I saw it as something that was just a. a creative outlet, something to, to learn that was new and different, uh, started looking into some of the, the, the software that was used, uh, where to, where to post it, getting into the whole, taking a funny scene from a movie or TV show and, uh, adding a, uh, hopefully witty title to it or, or something relatable. Mm-hmm. And that quickly went into Star Trek, because if there's anything that I can recall pretty quickly and almost uh, any situation is a scene from a Star Trek episode or movie. So the, the amount of, of creative content that I was doing really shifted towards, uh, just about exclusively Star Trek. Well, that, that was the, the majority of it. And, um, I don't even recall how I, how I found Star Trek gifts on Reddit. I think it was just one random day. I thought, huh, I wonder if there's such a place. And sure enough, there was, uh, there were there were a few hundred wow. subscribers, a uh, couple moderators. Uh, the place really didn't have much of anything going on. It kind of suffered the same uh, the malaise, like Mike mentioned, is is that a community kind of gets to a to a part where no one's no one's doing anything with it, no one's running it, not really engaged with it. So I started putting the, uh, the content there, making these making these gifts, and uh, you know getting some attention. It was nice and, and cool and all that. Started mentioning this community in other places. And uh, after about a year of, of doing this, I asked the moderators, I said, do you need, need some help here? I really see some potential here and would like to, to do something with this. Uh, so they, they added me on and I went about trying to shape and build this community. Uh, who would I want to have as, as moderators and, the other thing was was the content because you can only get so far being the only person every day posting. And so I would try to find other people that like doing that kind of work and especially that was uh, people that made good quality and, and made original things and, and not just Tumblr GIF reposters. So uh, I, I, I started meeting and coming across uh, some, some people like that. And, uh, kind of the incentive was, I would love if you posted what you made here as well. And I'm also looking for help building this community, looking for, for moderators. Uh, and I would also go around and try to find if there was someone that posted something from Star Trek would, um, uh, mention it to them or would cross post that to the other community and then mention their name. So then they would get that ping and see this and like, oh, okay, there's, wow, I didn't know that this place existed. And uh, we finally got to a point after several months, get a, you know, redid the, the look and feel of the, uh, of the subreddit of the community. I asked the, um, uh, the original two moderators to step down. 
because in, in my opinion, I felt that if, if someone is coming here, cause we wanted to build something here and we were starting to pick up more subscribers. And my whole thought was, okay, you guys are obviously like not only done with this community, but with the site as a whole, they, they weren't really active altogether. Uh, certainly weren't doing anything uh, with the, with the uh, community behind the scenes. It was just basically completely hands off. So I'm thinking, well, if someone's going to come visit, the first thing they're going to do, at least that's, I don't know if anyone else besides me does that, does this, but look at the, look at the moderators, look at the leaders of the community and see, are they actually active? Do they actually participate? And people go there and they see that, well, this guy hasn't posted anything in six months. Uh, this guy hasn't done anything in a you know couple years. How's that going to look? Uh, so yeah, just, I asked him, said, Hey, what do you think about me just taking over and, and leading this? And the first thing I thought was, uh, I, I remember thinking that night, I'm going to wake up and see that I was booted because, <laughs> you know, I, I asked to, to, to take over and it was, you know, they, it was getting attention. I'm sure they wanted to squat on it. Uh, so yeah, I, I fully expected that you, you have been dismissed for wanting to, uh, actually run this place, but no, they both stepped down. So it was like, okay, wow, this place is mine now. Yeah, uh, and fast forward to today, uh, we have uh, 62,000 subscribers and, uh, we've got, uh, every month we have the, the birthdays where I list uh, the birthdays of, uh, cast members, notable cast members. And someone will, you know, we encourage someone to make a gif of that person, uh, on that day, uh, you know, battles where we have competitions, uh, community engagement. So that, that was the big thing. The big thing was if we're going to grow this place, I'd like to have something that engages the community, keeps them interested and keeps them uh, coming back for more. And that's really worked. And uh, I've met great people. There, there, there are great people that I've, I've met doing that. Uh, Dag and Watney, of course. Uh, and uh, ELH, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, that, another guy who's part of our uh, podcast podcast group, Murph. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's, and we have a Discord. So Tato. yeah, t uh, t right, Tato. Um, there's just so many, so many awesome people that, that I've, I've met through this and running and building this thing. So that's, it started as a hobby and then turned into a, well, I've, I've got this passion for Star Trek. So why not mix the two? Well, you know, and I think those Friday night hangouts that happen in the discord are a real cool draw for the more social yes. people who go into that group. Um, I'm sure people who go into that group, they find you through Reddit. Reddit has that big extrovert introvert dynamic. Mm -hmm. You've got a lot of people who don't participate, but they enjoy the content people who participate in the content, but they are reluctant to be social in that live real-time aspect. And then people like me who, you know, sort of thrive on that real-time enjoyment. And uh, I tell you what, those Friday night hangouts really were um, and, and continue to be um, something that I look forward to every single week every along week with with tuesdays um now being the fenrir game um my work-life balance has really improved and the tuesday night game breaks my work week up in a way that i never thought possible so i'm not stressing all the way until friday anymore it's get through monday get through tuesday 
and reset mm. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the mental health opportunities for me are amazing here. Yeah. Getting that like engagement with other very passionate track fans. Oh yeah. Um, and people who like maybe are drawn to one form or the other of storytelling. Um, I personally am a big writer, so that's where I love to pour my like creativity into, but it helps to have a network of people that also like to enjoy adding on to the trek we already have. So, um, when you find and people I know that you have uh, a common interest with because, and, and Mike, maybe you can, um, share some experience with, with that, but I have found that the, uh, uh, and I've, I've been told many times in my travels in, in podcasting is that the problem with Star Trek on Reddit is that it's not popular even there outside of the Star Trek community. It's, it's not mainstream. I mean, every new show that, that comes out is, is hot with um, communities, memes, whatever it is. Uh, Game of Thrones, boom. The Mandalorian, huge. Uh, this this t- Tiger Guide on Netflix thing. Tiger the, King. Yeah, Tiger King. <laughs> boom, immediately. And it, it's it's just like anything and everything can instantly be an overnight sensation. But when it comes to Star Trek, you can just forget about it. And I, yeah, I mean, I definitely philosophically disagree with that because Trek is like all those, all those other fandoms, they're kind of flash in the pan. You know, the Trek is very, has a very long history mm-hmm. of storytelling and characters, philosophy. Um, and, you know, maybe that's not as attractive as like flying dragons. And I can't really argue against that. But mm-hmm. for some people, the enterprise is like as good and right. you find star trek references all over media i mean i watched space uh space jam <laughs> the other night uh-huh. um and at the very end there's a guy that was like wow that looks like something out of star trek like mm-hmm. you find star trek everywhere because it's always been around so i disagree with that but anyway go ahead Big Jay. No, that, that's that's great and it's well what i like about it is we've brought each other out of the closet we brought each other out of the the Star Trek closet, where you 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 can be that that entry point of uh, like Watney, you like writing, I like the creative and video editing thing. Dag is, I mean, he's he's amazing when it comes to his knowledge and trivia of of Star Trek. Mike, you love the role playing bit, and so what what we've been able to do is have that creative outlet. For people to to be able to do that, and uh, going back to the to the job interview that that you have, Mike, for your mm-hmm. uh, for your thing. So it sounds like you take it pretty seriously, which is which is awesome. I didn't know that, and it makes sense. You don't want just any Yahoo jumping in. Uh, you you care about your product. You care about what you're doing, uh, and you care about it being presentable. And that's, and that's huge. It's, you, you do have these requirements, like you, you've got to have decent audio equipment. You, you, it can't sound like a hot mess when you're on, you, you can't mouth breathe into the, the microphone or sneezing into it, or, um, you know, having people moving furniture behind you, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, also, and I've, I've seen your stuff and it, it sounds like is you also have to not be camera shy 
like my my format is I have these insets of the of the videos of you. If you're the kind of person that's like, well, you know, I've I've got my code name, but I don't like to be on camera. You know, I'll just talk. Sorry. Is 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 that has that been difficult or easy for you for you to maintain? Um, well, it's funny you mentioned that. And just as a quick aside, what I'm hearing is I need to apparently have dragons on Fenrir, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh yeah. Give me that holodeck episode. I'm ready. Um, holodeck episode. We have, we have a Chthonic deity as an ambassador. We can have a dragon. No problem. We'll figure something out. Anyway, um, actually my, <laughs> my very first game, the Arcadia game and even the Ophion game uh were simply voice only we didn't actually do the whole camera thing um it's really only fenrir that has started to be that visual format mm -hmm. and that's partly because um sort of as a background story i was planning to run a vampire game a vampire the masquerade game because mm -hmm. again i'm crazy i run way too many games but um you're too part busy. of me running Part of that running uh, vampire game was I had to pay for Zoom, uh, which if you're not familiar, and I apologize for the dog, um, <laughs> if you're not familiar with Zoom, it's a really great service. It makes things like this very easy, oh, yeah. um, especially for streaming. Um, but it was one of those things where I was paying 15 bucks a month and I thought to myself, why not use this for Star Trek too? You know, it's been a while since I've run a game. Let's try and see if I can get enough people. And the rest is history. We're what episode sixteen this coming season Tuesday? two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you're saying that the Fen Fenrir is the first game with video? Yep. Oh, cool. awesome! The pioneers. What made yeah. you change that to go to go to that uh, the video part of it? I'd like to say it's more a Twitch thing where sure you have people that get like 3000 views and they're just showing the roll 20 overlay. But again, it sort of speaks to my perfectionist nature where I personally like say the critical role format mm -hmm. where you see the players, you see their reactions in real time and you can sort of play off of that. And there have been instances during play where, um, you know, I, as you tell, I, I'm very animated with my hands sometimes, and it makes it easy to explain yeah. uh, as opposed to saying, uh, oh, it's X is here or X is there. I can literally go X is here, Y is here, mm -hmm. and use that visual medium. I think it's mm -hmm. more engaging that way, honestly, because mm -hmm. and, and that, that was the thing that I thought was a, uh, was a big bonus when I met Dag and, and Watney was that I kept, I kept thinking to myself, you know, one of these days I would really like to get away from the audio only thing because so many podcasters are doing, doing the video, which is cool. It's just that unfortunately, uh, what I, what I ran into was, was essentially the other co-host did not want to be, on. Uh, you know, it's, it's this whole, I don't want you to see my face kind yeah. of thing. And I'll, I'll just Camera do all Yeah, you're right. Right. It, it, it does. Uh, but then when we started doing beyond track podcast, we, we started out kind of the same way. And, and then one day I think we just got to talking about doing YouTube and, uh, well, for me, that came from uh, pressure from my son, uh, Nacho. Uh, he, he also does some of the podcasts with us and he kept saying, dad, you should do YouTube. Dad, you should do YouTube. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. But then I, I sat down and I talked to dad and Watney. I said, okay, what do you guys think about us showing our faces and, and doing videos and doing something that's, that's more engaging. Um, and we 
all said, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, you know, Watney's cute. Dag is handsome. I've got a face for radio and it's, <laughs> but I'm okay with it. Well, no, you know, my, my parents say I'm handsome. I think the word we're looking for is that we are all passionate we're about passionate. Star Trek and that passion combined with the personality types that are good, that, that are, that are just cool with, uh, a format of mm-hmm. getting that passion out there, whether it's audio or video, um, you know, it, it took a while for us to um, find people who met the criteria to passionate about Star Trek, okay with being on radio, okay with being on video, mm-hmm. and and people who are together. also committed yes. to you know we project. We're on chat daily. We're, we're we're connecting back and forth. We're talking about episode ideas. We're we're editing with each other and 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 we're proofreading or proof viewing um, each other's content. We're recording stuff for some of the other productions. I mean, this isn't just uh, we get together every once a week and talk about a thing. We're really active in our communities, and coming together for this isn't it is is a very anticipated regular event yeah it's easy for us because yeah. we want to we want to be here we want to make that time and so. we're in the middle of a pandemic and stuck at home so right well yeah, we also are very committed <laughs> people for you know that's in the future listening to this uh, yes it's it's 2020 we're in the middle of a uh, pandemic and uh, can someone tell me why discord has decided to do this thing where there's this green light up bar whenever you're talking because that, that's in the corner of my eye that's bothering me i don't think I i've mean, ever noticed that before what is that called? Oh, Green light up bar. They, and they here. always update it. Oh, is that another? Stuff, oh, Jesus. So. That's a Zoom thing too. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, they decided, well, let's be like Zoom. And yeah. I completely forget the point I was trying to make when I was asking Mike. So sorry, I was trying to land the plane and I ended up in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, I also want to. Hold, holding oh, on, holding okay, on to okay, his, okay. Uh, he, he wanted to, you know, make a video. Uh, what was that was what we were talking about was uh, you you like to be more animated now uh, did you did you have any difficulty with your players or any recurring players saying okay well uh, that's a deal breaker seeing me on video um actually even though we didn't do the whole visual medium I still had past players that were like yeah I don't mind turning on a webcam or uh, hey, you know, if you do webcam, I, I'm going to have to go out and get something fancy, but I don't mind doing so. Um, and it was one of those things where um, really I ended up getting a lot of applicants that were past players. And it was hard, a- again, sort of that job application where I had to make tough decisions of who got in and who didn't. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I know that you like to, um, you've said before that you like to get new players in on games when you have new ones because when you get people past that threshold and then they understand the system then they're more likely to dm and then that grows Mm -hmm. the community even more so i yeah i can imagine it's hard because you have some really great players from other games and some great regulars that's actually what i wanted to ask you about was like do you I'm, i'm not sure if twitch provides this but do you know like your demographic for your audiences or um and do you have any regulars that stop by that aren't players 
I do. And we have this lovely thing known as Nightbot that usually gives me demographics. Let's see if I can pull them up real quick here. This oh, stuff fascinates okay. me because my day job is um, as a digital advertiser. So, and I'm a stats junkie. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to make give sure me those analytics. Right, right. <laughs> well, you want to make sure you're talking to the right audience, you know, and that you're not, uh, you're not gearing towards the, I guess the incorrect. Somehow uh, my Star Trek RP is being favored by 90 year old geriatrics at this one convalescent home in Michigan. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. Uh, they like role playing. Well, I can give you the easy stats. Of course, we're okay. most popular in the United States, right. which is okay. no brainer there. Um, we usually have, at least this is what Twitch is saying. Twitch is saying uh, my average viewer is 63. And they usually listen for about 75% of the session. Uh, the age group is about what you would expect. It ranges primarily from uh, 16 to 28, um, which means we are sort of at the, the younger crowd. But that makes sense because a lot of people are getting into role playing mm -hmm. from shows like Critical Role, things like Shield of Tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. And Twitch itself, as being an online platform, automatically selects for a younger generation. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're not geared towards um, the boomers. Sorry. No, you're fine. I'm just looking at regulars here. Uh, the problem is, is that some of my regulars are either VIPs or they're mods, so they don't really count. <laughs> That's fair. They're supposed to be That's there. That's fair. Right. I know we do have that one bit bomber uh, oh, yeah. on our so, stream. I don't know who it is. I have a sneaking suspicion of who it is, but I'm going to keep that one to myself. But What's a bit bomber? So Twitch has these things called bits, which are basically a way to tip the streamer. Mm -hmm. And 100% of the bits go to the streamer. So for example, if you have 100 bits, that's $1. Mm -hmm. Well, we have an anonymous person who comes into my channels on Tuesdays and just out of the blue, usually when I'm in the middle of a monologue, goes, here's 30 bucks or here's 50 bucks. And I just, I think you see it sometimes in the video where I look over here and I'm like, what? <laughs> Right, right. Or you just straight up say, I will find you. <laughs> oh, no, it is my mission. I and will I have find words. You. Good words. But isn't that a good thing? We're right. Okay. I was about to say, I just want to talk. I just yeah. want to talk. <laughs> I mean, you know, the guy has done enough bits that I honestly feel like I need to like send him Christmas cards mm -hmm. and, you know. <laughs> yeah. We need to like get a Fenrir like group uh, commission. We can all sign it, <laughs> then we send it to him. Well, I know I thought about doing it. Oh. I know, I know, I thought about it. Oh, we could call that maybe. guy who did our stuff for that other RP we were in. Yeah, I don't know if he'd, he'll do a big spread, but I'd like to have the crew like get up like the money. Power Rangers, you know. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Um, also, Dag, I d definitely don't want to leave out Starfleeters. Um, do you want to talk about that? You're the hot head honcho. Um, so back in September uh, 2019, uh, my partner Laude uh, has these friends who were all about TikTok. I have no idea what it is. And so um, it, it, it kind of becomes, you know, a thing. I, I look into it. I'm seeing what these videos are. And within a day of me being on TikTok, I saw somebody do... I had already discovered uh, a role-playing group, cosplay role-playing group called the the Hogwarts Professors, which is basically just a bunch of people who had 
filmed these videos of them as if they were Hogwarts professors, you know, the lesser known ones that you don't get to see behind the scenes. And that was just huge across the platform. And somebody else had just posted a thing about, you know, hey, there's these Hogwarts professors. What about these, you know, Lord of the Rings and enthusiasts, Middle Earthers? And my immediate first thought was, I could do a Star Trek thing here. And so within two or three days of me even just downloading the app to see what it was, I put the I put the uniform on, and uh, I did uh, I did a full green screen setup video um, for Starfleeters, me sitting on the bridge of the Defiant, and uh, within within a month, I had thirty people on a Discord and 10,000 views on just that one video. Oh my, wow. And we were doing um you know, we were we were just doing our own thing. Some people were being funny, some people were being serious, some people were trying to there's a feature on TikTok that allows you to duet people. So if if there's an audio that you can use that has two parts to it, you can perform one part and somebody can duet it and perform the other part. So people are doing audio clips from Star Trek and we're all sort of just getting together. And I, I just grabbed everybody into a Discord server for Starfleeters. And now I think we're at retention at like 20, 22 or 23 active players. Mm-hmm. Um, I play uh, the Fleet Admiral, uh, Admiral Valigant. And basically, he's like uh, 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 a better uh, NPC. <laughs> um, I, I do all the, the plot lines and stuff like that. And I encourage the captains of the ships under uh, that character to also create their own plot lines. Lade got into it as a Romulan exchange officer um, on board the most active ship, the Borealis. Um, and in the last six months, they have forged some really awesome, creative ideas. And it's really cool sometimes as a mod, I've got access to all of their, their the ship channels because the ship channels are segregated by ship roles in the Discord. So if you're not on that ship, you don't get to be part of that adventure. And I, it's really cool in their out-of-character channels to see them going, what's our next adventure going to be like? And within the span of a couple of days, they're hashing back and forth and this creative process is taking place and they're going places. They're literally going places I boldly never would have gone before. Um, so it's been inspiring to me as a content creator. Um, it's been inspiring to me as a fan of the franchise. And it has really been like a rocket boost for me to be a participant in this podcast, in Mike's game, and in all the other ways that I try to interact with the fan communities um, through all of our social media. Um, It's absolutely crazy. In the last six months, the Starfleeters tag that I originated has over 2 million views. Um, I personally have over 2,000 followers. I think we have grabbed people who have 10,000, 15,000 followers who are big Star Trek fans and maybe were looking for the opportunity, but they were doing their own thing, saw us, direct messaged me, and then they joined the server. So I have people that I was like, wow, your stuff is so cool. 
for knocking on my door going, wow, your stuff is so cool. And that's a weird feeling to have. <laughs> Um, yeah, but super cool. Yeah, it, you, Trek fandom is alive. It's out there, and um, even if it seems niche in certain communities, um, Trek—the meaning of Trek at its core—can bring people together in a way where we're just cool with diversity and uh, an understanding that that everybody is different and that's cool. It's to be celebrated. It lives up to Gene Roddenberry's message. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm okay with that being a niche group right now. And if it takes the mainstream and people come aboard, the more the merrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just cool to find these people and, and bring them together and, and have friends now who I did not have six months ago. Yeah, absolutely. Like Trek will hide in the corners of like platforms, you know, with um, within almost every platform, you can find like trekkers, trekkies, and, you whatever know, you like to designate yourself as. We're everywhere. My, you just don't. My know video Star Trek yeah. community, ELH's video role playing community, our podcast community. I mean, Watney, did you want to talk about the RP that you were a moderator of and when how I met you? <laughs> sure. Um, so I was a moderator on the subreddit Trek RP uh, for probably two years. Um, I joined right as it was getting, I feel like all of our stories are kind of like, I joined while it was like getting, just barely getting off the ground. And I was like, wow, I love this. I had been writing on a Mass Effect subreddit for a long time. And this was in Reddit roleplay was like huge. Um you had like multiple subreddits for fan different fandom or the same fandom would have like three or four subreddits with different settings um that you could like go in and play different characters. So I was in a Mass Effect group for a long time. Um and then I discovered Trek RP which had just sh- just been launched. Um joined the Discord and it was pretty bare at the time but we did some advertising. Um, I was, I became a mod. Um, and my first character on Trek RP was Jen Watney, Dr. Jen Watney. She's the chief medical officer for a long time there. Um, so I brought her on and became a moderator. Um, and I really wanted to grow, um, the community and so i started advertising on other subreddits that are meant for roleplay advertising like roleplay for reddit um other star trek communities things like that uh consistent advertising and um really just being open to answering questions when people respond to those posts you know letting them know like yeah we're here we can bend whichever way you need to we'll make it work if you have a character idea um, cause Trek RP had a, um, a, an application process as well. So we had like a short form, uh, application that you had to fill out with like your character's name, their age, what race they were, um, what their position was, their department, and then some of the backstory as well. So, uh, there was kind of a gatekeeper, uh, there just to keep out people who would, contribute like a sentence 
to a post because a lot of our players were used to quality text post RP. Um, and a lot of people might know that as literate RP, where you're responding to people in sometimes a couple paragraphs. Um, and that's how I personally enjoy it. And that's what our membership got used to. So I was there for two, two and a half years. Um, and then I joined the Star Trek gifts community. And while I'm not a giffer, uh, you know, like my attention just kind of shifted over and I felt like my characters had kind of done the arcs that they needed to. And I was satisfied with my experience there and I wanted to work on other projects. And here I am I, sitting in this chair talking to you guys. Yeah, I so. joined like two months, two, three months after you did. You approved my first character, which mm -hmm. was also a hologram. It was the <laughs> yeah. That ship. Dag has a style. He's into <laughs> holograms and androids, and I'm into <laughs> medical stuff. And so that's not obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the kind of um, stories I like is, is like how how everyone came together. Because after a while, you kind of forget. You know, I was trying to think, well, okay, wait a minute. So we're here right now. But what chain of events got it to where we're, we're sitting here? And I turned to remember back, well, you know, I remembered when I first came across uh, you guys, but it's like that was because of this, 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 and this led into, uh, you know, people that have all these different different angles of, of the fandom that they like to express. And here's the thing that I really want to get from from all of you, because I think this will be pretty pretty interesting and, and mike since you're our guest won't you lead off but in regards to building your community um what would you say has been good in regards to good and supportive and what has been you know the pushback we're not we're not good or or unsupportive you could tell us about the, the uh, different platforms the people different communities what whatever it may be hmm I can definitely speak to a negative because um, I think there was even a negative when we did the initial episode that I was on um, where we had 10th fleet drama. Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't speak to that so much as the whole modifius thing I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So as I said, there were um, or there was um, the head of RPG development at Modifius, uh, Sam Webb. And the line editor, now line manager for Star Trek Adventures, Jim Johnson, they were both on the subreddit as moderators. And for the longest time, they didn't really do anything. They just were sort of there. Um, and then if, more or less. Yeah. Okay. Um, but one day, literally out of the blue, uh, Jim Johnson says, hey, uh, I think we should unban the 10th fleet. And I'm like, no, they're still racist, xenophobic, et cetera, et cetera, people that don't need a microphone. And this is probably a little too much information, and I'm sure Dag will have words about it, but they tried using IDIC as a weapon to say, hey, in the Trek spirit, we need to give these people a chance. Yeah, that was the reaction I did. Well, and that, that sounds typical because every single... Uh, rightist and racist doesn't know anything about Star Trek can easily start quoting the uh, uh, chain forged links forged from uh, uh, the drumhead. They With all the know first the drum, link forged. Yes, they all know the drumhead speech word for word. Suddenly, so, so. I I just on my little tiny soapbox, and Mike, I'm going to give it back to you. Sure, my little tiny soapbox. 
IDIC only works if everybody involved values IDIC. And for those of you listening who don't know what IDIC is, it's infinite diversity and infinite combinations. If you value infinite diversity and infinite combinations, then you're going to be cool with it. But if you want to use it as a weapon, you're not cool with it. And it's not, it's not part of the spirit of Trek that mm-hmm. I believe in. And I think that that brings the Trek community together. Oh, yeah. You get that. Um, I'm not an asshole. You're the asshole. <laughs> I'm not problematic. You're problematic. Right. Um, it's just a diversion, distraction argument that people across the internet use and trek is no different but anyway mike go on no and honestly that that was the most surprising thing that this was the line editor line manager for star trek adventures using it as a weapon and i literally like full stop after i finished face palming i'm like is this really the person who's writing or editing star trek adventures like is this someone that deserves the notoriety and it eventually got to the point where I'm like, look, I'm not going to tolerate it. Like, look, you you can't use IDIC as a weapon. We're not unbanning the 10th. And Jim Johnson says, okay, I quit. And I was like, okay, no problem there. Um, but then, and sort of circling back around to the official sort of conversation, we were, again, sort of the official, quote unquote, like it was in our subreddit bar, it was in... If you search us on Reddit, we were the official for STA. Um, Again, out of the blue, Sam Webb, again, head of RPG development at Modifius, edits the subreddit completely to remove all mention of official, which was quite a number of edits. And that spawned like, hey, are you saying I can't moderate anymore? Are you saying we can't exist as a community anymore? Again, people who are supposed to be leaders doing very strange things. And I would say that that was the biggest negative that I had to think of. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That does um, sound drama. Yeah. Yeah, I, ha- I have words on that, but I don't want to um, get into the weeds too much, but obviously yeah. not super acceptable um, from a humanistic perspective. But, you know, I've internalized IDIC as like a personal core value. Mm-hmm. And I have... I have, I know I have very specific feelings about how that should be presented in the community. And there have been people who have challenged me to go, oh, that's a thing I didn't really think about. I should incorporate that into my view. And then there's people who try to, like you said, they try to use it as a weapon. They try to be like, um, you know, well, you just, you just aren't, you know, valuing infinite diversity and infinite combinations. And I'm like, but look at you. You value one thing mm-hmm. and you're telling you, you you're using something that I hold dear that, you know, I hold dear against me to try and get your way. And they don't care. I have to have, I have to have a wall of defense there. It's like, like I said before, if you are somebody who values infinite diversity and infinite combinations, you will understand it mm-hmm. and you won't be able to use it as a weapon. And the people who don't value it, they know how to use it as a weapon. Well said. Yeah, I mean, they tried to, but I mean, the logic, show me the logic. I know. It's not there. Um, I guess I can maybe speak a little bit to Trek RP in my experience. I'm definitely not affiliated with them now, but um, back in the day when we were kind of like in our boom time, um, there are obviously 
in, in terms of writing and development and the character themselves, um, there's a lot of, and this is not a bad thing in general, but with the community we built, there's a lot of self-insert type characters um, within the Trek community. And I think that's totally fine. But if you're wanting to create a story and a narrative where there's conflict, which is what every story needs to be entertaining and for people to grab onto it, if you have a self-insert character that's basically an extension of you in the game, it's a lot more likely that you're going to take things personally uh, because that character is an extension of yourself. And so it made me very uncomfortable to role play with characters who were clearly self-insert characters or wish fulfillment characters because you know i like to create conflict i like to you know be that character some of my characters are a lot nicer but a lot of mine aren't and i like to create that drama and so that's a big obstacle i had was kind of just like pushing back a little bit on the self-insert aspect of some people's role play because i don't want to piss them off in real life you know I don't want them to come to me and say, I can't believe your character did this to mine. And I'm like, well, that's the story. Like, why don't, why doesn't your character just react to it? Like, it's not really a problem to me. So they take it personal. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Be because these the communities, maybe not our podcast or maybe, maybe not the Fenrir where you're showing your face, but a lot of communities where you don't have to do that, mm -hmm. people will hide and they will project, um, a character that and this is strictly for role play but they'll project a character that they uh wish they could be right. and so when that when when that character is um slighted when that character is insulted when that character is injured they take that personally because that's an extension of themselves uh, so yeah I, i've had a lot of experiences where you know people will just straight up leave or they'll be in my dms upset with me because what my character has done something are they, <laughs> are they what they ghost they just they ghost they just poof they disappear so yeah i mean it's um, hard to have that kind of environment i remember walking on eggshells around various obstacles because you mm -hmm. want to tell a story um and these people they want to be a part of the story but they don't really want to participate in it yeah there's like the the um, collaborative storytelling that I really enjoy, which is not necessarily reactive RP, which I know Dag and I get along very well in this aspect where we are collaborative storytellers. So we'll say, here's where we're at. Here's what the scene I'd like to do. How can your character feasibly be in this scene with mine? And here's where do you think they would end up? Like, And then we'll leave the details out, but we'll have the overarching arc. And then you role play, role play through that. So there is expectation. You can subvert expectations in that environment, but it's a lot more controlled. I find that people who are self-inserting typically do not like to plan out like that. And they like to just be very one-sided with things. So that's my that was my biggest obstacle, I think, in Trek RP was that kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, um and so I would I would have to say, at least from from my experience, uh, with with leading a a growing uh, content creation community, gift community, uh, and with podcast, uh, there's there's like two two avenues of uh, uh, pluses and minuses there. 
Um, and, and this, this part really matches up with uh, several months ago. And this was when we uh, got the impetus to change to what we're doing now. Uh, so we sat down with a couple of guys with Fantastic Geek and we got, and, and they, they've got a podcast as well. Uh, they don't do just Star Trek. They, they do a lot of different things. And we got to talking about um, growing that podcast and uh, where do you find your supportive audience and, and not. And one of the things they, they said is that uh, they've gotten good response on, on Facebook uh, and basically anywhere but on Reddit. And I, I asked him, I said, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, and he said that, and they said that, well, basically all things considered equal, uh, the, the one place where, where you're going to find the least support and the, and the, uh, the least, um, amount of enthusiasm for your work will be, will be on that community. And, uh, it, it's, it's funny because that's actually, that's true. If there is any place that's you're going to find that resistance of, uh, it's it's very siloed, very tribal, very siloed. That this is my piece of the community, and uh, if you don't agree with my piece, then you can you know you can go screw off, kind of thing. And uh, our this community, we've we've done well, but. That's, that doesn't mean that we want to help you do well um, or to or to be successful. And that is true when it when it comes to and I, I, I don't know if it's because on on one side you've got social media where people are actual people, like Facebook, for example, and then on a site like like Reddit where it's more caricatures. Uh, people have mm-hmm. these, these nicknames and these monikers. Uh, but I can, I can tell you when it, when it comes to, uh, whether it is the, the, the building of the podcast community or the building of the, of the gift community that, that really coincided with what the guys at Fantastic Geek said is, is that, yeah. And I, I think we all see that firsthand is, is that the, the place where you're going to get the most pushback and the, and the most trouble from people is likely going to be going to be there. Um, which is, which is a shame because you think, well, we're all on the same side for, for Star Trek, but you'll find out pretty quickly that that's not so much the case, not, not so much true. So, um, it, uh, it's definitely been a, an uphill battle. Um, and I think part of that is, is just with the, with the system of, of voting that they've got, uh, you can post something that you've created or have done and you get a downvote because someone doesn't like you from somewhere else where you said something that they didn't like. And then the, mm-hmm. then the lemmings all come in and say, Oh, wow, this person let's, let's, let's pile in, you know, there must be a reason. So it's, uh, you know, very much, Hey, I did my part. I, uh, you know, got in with the, with the crowd and either voted down or voted up this person. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good people out there. It's, it's just, you, you definitely come across quite plenty that are not. And I, I had a thought on that, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, so I still go to 4chan and I don't think that's a bad thing because 
and this is going to maybe sound a little bit by propaganda, but 4chan is truly anonymous. Reddit, you have a moniker, you have upvotes, downvotes. You're pretty much anonymous, except to the site owners on 4chan, which, and this is probably going to ruin the, the mystery. I sometimes get better feedback for adventures I'm thinking of running by going to 4chan and saying, hey, what do people think of this idea? Because the people replying aren't doing it to get upvotes. They're not doing it to further an karma. agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They're replying to you because they like your idea. Or maybe they hate it and they tell you that. But they are constructively contributing most of the time to the idea you have. And I think mm-hmm. it's a valuable space for that. Now, am I saying to go try and advertise a podcast there? No. No, they would They would be very unfavorable. Totally that. Totally <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, we. I think we we would never, hopefully, try. That. No, 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 no. I have no aspirations to go to 4chan. Yeah, but you're totally right. There's not like a bank that you have based on your virtue signaling and how you want to like people to 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 perceive your comment, right? Mm-hmm. So you can be someone who farms negative karma, which there are people that do that and they're going to try and make negative comments. But if you, if you like, unfortunately there's, that doesn't exist. You're just a string of numbers. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a great point. Actually. Reddit is an odd, an odd duck for sure. Um, so right. I, I want to, it's the only uh, place where you could possibly say something that is absolutely true and factual, but if it's not what the, what the hive mind is into at, at that point, then you're, you're dismissed. You're you're done. You're going to be at negative 114 unless you just give up and delete your comment. Kind of yeah. Thing. And I don't think the whole entirety of Trek fandom lives on Reddit either. I mean, so. Oh, I hope not. Yeah. Very you know, that would be, that'd be very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to, I want to give Dag a chance to talk about his community and any issues he's had there. And then I kind of want to ask you some questions, ELH, about your world building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a Q and A and some trivia to get to, just so we don't run to two hours on this, like yes, we did please, the finale. You. So, um, you know, honestly, um, the hardest part for me as a new moderator, um, and I call myself new because I've had a couple of discords in the past, but this is the first community that has actually been sort of built and established, and it looks to me regularly for for guidance on the meta issues and storytelling. And the hardest part for me is really taking the initiative to enact a disciplinary action to a misbehaving member. Um, I, I personally detest being the person that ruins somebody's day. They came to this community altruistically. They have contributed some really good com- content, but then um, their behavior takes on a, a repeated pattern of, or not even not even necessarily repeated. It only takes one uh, unsavory post that elicits the ire of people who are decent enough to not engage but report it. Mm-hmm. And I have to take an action. And I'm, I learned very, very quickly that my action is not me versus this person. It is me standing up for the community to separate the community from an individual who um, is, har- is trying to harm it. Um, mm-hmm. Whether willingly or unwillingly, they have shared 
some content either one big time or, or as a repeated measure. And it's just difficult for me to have the gumption to be like, all right, well, you're out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But to it's... mitigate that, I, I take excessive snapshots of the content and I debate it with my moderators and I put it into a full-on report and we have a channel in the server that is specifically for these kinds of actions. And when, um, when a disciplinary action is taken, uh, there's a public announcement board. We post it. We say this person was re- removed for violations of these rules. I don't go into detail because I don't want to slander that person. Right. But I also have a full action report that's in a channel that requires a specific role to view. And anybody can ask for that role for 24 hours. And they can go in and they can view the report and they can go into a mod communication chat and say, well, I don't think this is right because of X or thanks for doing this. I didn't even know this was happening. Um, and then that report stays on the server. Anybody can see that report and, and give their commentary about why it may or may not have been a fair decision. That's um, pretty interesting. Yeah, I it's just, pretty unique too. I don't really see that in a lot I, of communities. I just don't want anybody thinking that the mods are this old boys club, even though um, my other three mods are women. Um, I don't want anybody thinking the mods are power hungry and just banning people who annoy us. I want them to understand that there's a history of violation that has been, um, you know, looked through very meticulously. In some cases, I've had to look through 76 pages of chat logs to get content that began 76 pages ago and persisted. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, why would it persist that long? Well, because I was counting on people in that chat to mitigate it and it would mitigate it would go up and down and up and down and up and down but over time it's just like okay look the pattern is too much for me i'm tired of it so you're being pretty obvious that you're trying to uh be transparent and show that we are not reddit mods right it's i mean you know reddit mods might have a bad hey why did i get banned 72 hour mute it's it's very much like (laughs) i want i want anybody who accesses my server to have the privilege to be able to look at these records and voice their opinion and mm-hmm. if they, if this person goes to bat for the person who was suspended or banned and, and, you know, shows, Hey, no, what you saw there, that was, here's my chat log with this person out of character. We right. had a character yeah. mark. This thing, it was, it was discussed between us. Then I can be like, Oh, whoa, we made a bad call. That hasn't happened. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and we've, we've had a couple of members who we have had to separate ourselves from um, for the benefit of the people remaining. Yeah, it's definitely difficult when you have long-term problematic behavior that just skims the just surface tiny, of it's a not obvious, problem. You know, but it's, it's so easy to horrible. say, yeah, it's so easy to ban. Like I moderate um, a 1,500-person uh, occult server. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, you have people come in, and they we have a gatekeeper, so you can't see the chat unless you fill out an intro. Yeah. Um, people will just spam and spam and spam. And that's so easy to take care of because it's just a ban. It's, there's nothing, it doesn't, 
even make me mad anymore. It's so easy to just ban somebody for that behavior. But when you have like someone ingrained in the community and they are being problematic and it's been a long period of time, you know, when you, when you join a community, you get so excited to meet these other people and like the cocaine phase is like in full effect in your brain. And you're like, wow, these friends are great. And I love them so much. And I just want to hang out with them all the time. And then you have a, you have, you, you like disagree. And then the conflict happens and you realize you do not have the same conflict style. You don't even have compatible conflict styles and you have to work that out. And sometimes people straight up leave. But if you are able to communicate and work it out, I think that's the key is giving people a chance and not, but also towing the line of not letting yourself be walked all over, especially when you're administrating um, a community. So thank you, Dag. Appreciate your, your perspective as always. So. Um, so now ELH, I want to talk about the Sabine expanse because yeah, he's cracking his knuckles. Uh, 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 (laughs) So, um, I know you worked up some imagery for us, so we'll post edit that in. So the audience can see, you can put on my face. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you can't find a place for it, but, um, (laughs) so can you go into how you, uh, okay. So first of all, I guess my first question is, is the Sabine expanse where all of your Star Trek adventure games take place? At or it near, is, it is where Ophion and Fenrir have taken place. Okay. Um, my other games, Arcadia. Arcadia was the Shackleton Expanse, which the Shackleton Expanse is Modiphius's quote-unquote playground, where it's on okay. literally the other side of the galaxy from where the Sabine Expanse is. Okay. Um, but. I-13 is on the other side of Cardassian space. Dark Royal is in a custom setting. Um, But I think where you're going with this um, is that the Sabine Expanse was um, an area of space where I was just looking at maps. And let me tell you, it's very hard to find consistent maps sometimes for Star Trek. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I was looking at, at a few maps, and what I noticed was kind of to the galactic west of Cardassian space was sort of this mystery zone where there wasn't really anything planned out or I think one map had the Sheliac Corporation out, out there and the Sheliac can live somewhere else. But I looked at that space and I'm like, you know, we're close enough to the wormhole that if I need to bring in like DS9 characters, uh, you know, I could do that. Or, hey, if I want to bring in cameos, I could do that. But Really, the inspiration was I wanted to give players a space where they weren't beholden to past events or past canon, where they truly had a playground to um, sort of find their own story. Okay. I love it. So do you have all of like the Sabine Expanse mapped out now, even stuff your players haven't explored? Let's or is it like say... a loose, loose uh, outline, maybe? I would say it's half and half. Um, there's maybe two or three things that aren't going to be on the graphic that the, sh- the uh, podcast will see. Um, I can't say too much because of spoilers, but... I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to get anything out of you, I promise. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, what I would say is that I definitely have a loose idea of where I want really important events to be. Um, like, let's take Pandora's Gate, for example, which is... Um, something I think really defines the Sabine Expanse and something that defined the Ophion game. Um, basically, you all are familiar with the Takan, the Precursor race, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you're not Memory Alpha, it, it's great stuff. 
Um, but where I was going with this is I basically sat down one day and I, I thought to myself, what if there was a portal to another galaxy? And this was before I even got into STO. So this was, what if, what if I gave the players an opportunity to explore a space where literally no human has gone before? And I said, all right, let's make a Takan style stellar portal. But then you have to do the Trek thing where you're like, well, it can't all be good. How do you introduce conflict? And uh, this is sort of spoilers for Ophion, but uh, you'll find out very quickly anyway. On the other side of the portal in the Andromeda galaxy, there are 40 destroyed planet killers. Whoa. And Starfleet literally sat down, or I should say the players literally sat down and were like, do we tell people about this? Do we destroy the gate? Because if we leave it open, those are 40 planet killers. And if anyone gets their hands on one, we have a problem. And that sort of created the whole story arc there for a while in Ophion. And sort of like what's happening on Fenrir, you guys just had an arc, which is probably going to define where you guys go. Mm -hmm. um, I, I usually, and I think this is, again, is preempting a question, but I like sort of getting into the headspace of what major event do I want to have happen? And then how do I get from point A to point B in a way that the players will enjoy? I love you it. Know, My head's spinning. Go ahead, Dag. <laughs> My heart I was stopped say, at 40 um, destroyed you know, point as, as someone <laughs> yeah. who, who has DM'd games for Dungeons & Dragons 3.5, Dungeons & Dragons 5e, um, I have been a DM for LARP for um, all of the World of Darkness games, uh, pre and post reboot for LARP. Um, you have an uncanny knack for on the spot improvisation and creative allowance that power really... systems. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um for for letting the players uh just really just get away with a bunch of techno babble bullshit mm -hmm. <laughs> but also um you 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 balance that well with introducing urgency and and some kind of compelling force that it keeps the players going the players get what they want the audience gets the drama um I really, I really am in awe of the combination of those abilities wrapped up in you. And I think that's really awesome. And it's something that keeps me just drooling for Tuesday. Well, that's what I like to hear. And thank you for the compliment. Um, sort of oh, to reveal a little bit more behind the mask. <laughs> yeah. uh, but to sort of reveal a little bit behind the mask, um, I'm actually autistic. Like I am on the spectrum. And... Yeah. A lot of my growing up was, let's just say, not great. Um, I missed a lot of social situations. I missed a lot of social cues, things like that. And really, it was Star Trek that sort of introduced me to, you know, the human condition. And still to this day, Data is a huge inspiration. Brett Spiner is a huge inspiration for me. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's one of those things where... Ironically enough, I think my not-so-great upbringing was what contributed to the improvisation and the yes-and method of GMing. Because I don't want to be, like we have said, I don't want to be that person that gets their idea shut down or their day ruined. I want to say, okay, I like that idea. How do we get to there? Or how do we, 
how do we do this in a way that isn't overpowering, keeps the other players involved, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> like shooting a hole in the bridge floor with a rail gun. You did fine. Yeah, we Okay, yeah. BJ, you gotta watch, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to watch the episode. There's a lot that goes into that decision. Okay, okay, okay. It was awesome. Yeah. And and it, it was like balanced because it almost killed the player. That I did mean, it. right. So what occasion brings you to the point where you're shooting a freaking railgun into the floor of the bridge? Well, this one over here was maybe controlled, mind controlled. Oh. So you know Bluegill? Yeah. Oh. I was I had a subspace one of those in my brain oh. and a bad one too. I am gonna have to watch so. this. You know, well, and yeah, I gotta was... say that reveal was just Chef's kiss, so wow. good. <laughs> like oh, yeah. it was. I still love Dag like, though. Dag with yeah. the post-it note. I'm furious or I'm mad. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hard to surprise Dag. I'll say that. So kudos to you. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I love to learn more about the the world you've built, the the expanse that you've claimed, you've charted out for your players in your game. So thanks for going into more detail on that. Thanks, Mark. Um, I have two questions for you from our viewers. Okay. Mm. Um. So. First question is from Shizno. Hi, Shizno. Who you know and love. Um, what do you do to get into the headspace to come up with the big stories you've made for RPG to make them drive through? I think that was what he was saying. So how do you get into the headspace to like come up with these stories? Gotcha. Um, well, what I would say is that like any good GM you sort of pick and choose elements from other media that you like. So maybe I'll be watching a TV show and I say, hey, that what that character did was neat. What if I took that and, oh, maybe combined it with this character over here doing this action? And it sort of just compounds. And like it could be the most innocent or insignificant sort of spec that just sort of starts rolling downhill and gathering um, sort of like a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. And really to get into the headspace of it, I would say that um, it really depends on how do I put this in a uh, not so pragmatic way? Cause I don't want to come across as a, a uh, pretentious person, though I probably do anyway. Um, <laughs> no, you don't just say it. Let we it don't out. mind. Yeah. 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 So I sort of take a look at players and I think, how do I challenge players? Mm -hmm. And I like picking on players. Like I picked on Watney quite a bit and I picked on Dag for a little bit because mm -hmm. as Watney said, drama is interesting. And if you do that correctly, your players will create their own drama, which then as the GM, you can just sort of go, well, I'll be here for the next two hours when any of you guys are done talking and shooting. You guys each other. do all the work. <laughs> it honestly, like Fenrir has been one of the most revitalizing things for my game mastering career because of how involved and how active you guys with are with each other. And yeah. I want to slip that in because I love the memes, the memes I look forward to at the end of every session. Oh yeah. I'm into uh, it. But the answer to the question more to the point, basically she's no, what I do is I think about a player. I think, how do I keep them involved? And then how do I keep the other players involved? And then I sort of sit there at 1am in my bed thinking, how do I do it? And ideas snowball from there. Awesome. Yeah. 
I love it because you're taking into consideration not like, well, I want this to happen. You're saying, how can I make it fun for this core group of people who mm -hmm. have already talked amongst themselves and have the, had their characters have backstories that are interlinked, um, which when you like poke that bear can release, you know, like you said, all the drama and everyone shooting each other and all that fun stuff. So mm -hmm. awesome. Sounds like fun um, to me. It is fun. Very. It is fun, Big J. Um, so the the last question is, with so many Jensen's out there, will we find Jensen Prime? And if so, why? <laughs> All right. So I have to explain Jensen. So Jensen was a joke character on Ophion, who was literally the hypochondriac Barkley-style character. And it sort of became a running gag of mine to include a Jensen-like character in every single game I ran. Didn't matter if it was Star Trek, didn't matter if it was Dungeons & Dragons. There's even a Nosferatu running around with Jensen's face and name. <laughs> so Jensen has sort of become my running gag where, how do I make Jensen interesting this time? Um, and Jensen Prime, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. If I know who asked this question, I think I know where you're, you're asking. Jensen Prime spawned back on the Avenger game. And that is what I would say. And if you're interested in all that, go check out Avenger. It's on my YouTube. I'll have to do that. Yeah, I need to go back and like watch these the reference stuff. But um, I think Jensen is so interesting because it's one of those characters where the GM can like push things along if he needs to. He's basically like the thumb of God, just like... <laughs> destroying things and creating he's like the mary and pippin you know knocking helmets and steel armor down uh a well and waking a huge monster you mm -hmm. know it's like that kind of character and or in, or in your case uh deliberately knocking out the captain to save oh the yeah that ship. was so funny so brie was like i know susmana i can take out this guy and then like mm -hmm. jensen just decks her and the, I was like, okay, fine. That's what we roll for, I guess. Punk. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's it for the questions. Um, thank you again for, for coming on the show. And I think we're going to move to Dag with some trivia. Oh, Are you ready? Trivia time. I'm good with some trivia. This is general trivia, no specific focus. Mike, as you are the guest, you automatically get first dibs to answer the question or pass. Oh, okay. If you, if you pass, it goes to uh, Watney or Jay, and between the two of them, whichever answers first gets the point. Okay. Um, okay. There's going to be uh, 10 or 15 questions, or whenever I start seeing facial expressions being like, why are we still doing this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but without further ado, let us begin. Um, who did Chekhov describe as a genetically engineered criminal? Wasn't that Khan? It was Khan. Good job. It's like the one I probably will know. <laughs> Where? I'm not good at trivia. On earth did James Tiberius Kirk grow up? Idaho. Iowa. Jesus. You don't get to answer. You don't first. get to answer I until don't... yeah. Oh, he gets sorry. I thought that was just the You're fine. Question. You're fine. I was gonna guess Kansas for some reason, <gasps> but Jay did say Iowa, and that is the correct term. Sorry, mm -hmm. I don't know how to play this game. Uh, You're fine. Play. That's okay. Um, Rules exist for a reason. I'm kidding. <laughs> what? We are a society. <laughs> what was the name of the actor who originated the role of Star Trek's 
first captain? I mean, the first captain was technically Pike. Uh-huh. But I don't remember the actor's name off the top of my head. Because in the pilot, it was definitely Pike, not Kirk. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to have to pass because the name is escaping me. Jay or Watney? It was Jeffrey His Hunter. Name's... It was Jeffrey oh. Hunter. I was going to say Mr. Cutie. Oh, <laughs> I would have accepted that. I know. Good job, AJ. Thank you. Uh, all right. Uh, which character joined the show in its second season of the well, original series? Okay, the original series. Um, now I'm trying to think through original series who that might have been. I'm going to have to pass on that one. My original series knowledge is failing me. That's okay. J.R. Watney. Was it one of the medical people? It was not. Okay, never mind. Jay? Chekhov. It was Chekhov. Ugh. I always thought he was there from uh, square one. No, no. They, and they no. brought him on because uh, at that time uh, in the 60s, the monkeys were insanely popular. And mm -hmm. uh, especially Davy Jones. And they wanted to get uh, their own Davy Jones. And that, that was why mm -hmm. Walter Koenig came in. He was supposed to be the, the young heartthrob. And he had the ridiculous hair. Uh, basically, it was Davy Jones on the Enterprise was, was Chekhov. And I thought I was the trivia master. Ah, My sister endearingly refers to Davy Jones as Coconut Head. Right. Yep. Chekhov. I take first little offense to this, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, another name. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the name of the saintly social worker Kirk had to let die in the original series episode, The City on the Edge? Edge of Tomorrow or Forever. Um, I'm thinking Julie, but that doesn't sound right in my head. Uh, no, I'm going to have to pass on that one, too. I don't know. Jay. Edith Keeler. It was Edith. You <laughs> for a bonus point. Who played her? Oh, oh. Um. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I can three see her face. Two, one. Time's up. <sighs> and the, and it's Joan Collins. Oh, that's right. I could from not. Dynasty. God dang it, Joan Collins. Um, just out of curiosity. Uh, I'll ask a clarifying question of Mike. What is uh, what series do you prefer? You like movies, Next Generation, uh, TNG mostly, yeah. Because again, data, data, right, right. Okay, so data. Um, I'm going through my list here and realized that I went on a TOS binge. <laughs> Whoopsie! You're watching ah. TOS again, huh? You're watching TOS. That's I why. am. I'm in the middle of the second season. Um, name two games on any enterprise that are favorites of the crew. Two like recreational games. Well, Parisi Squares, technically, because we always hear about Parisi Squares. Mm -hmm. And then if we want to include Dabo, we can, but I feel like that's a low hanging fruit. It is a low-hanging yeah. fruit, but I will accept it. Other acceptable answers would have been Jay or Watney. I was going to say 3D Spring chess. Ball. 
Beautiful. 3D chess, spring ball. Did I say 4D chess? God, yeah, 3D chess. Sorry. Even <laughs> volleyball. Who played volleyball? I don't know, but I remember it being mentioned. That's a trivia question. I don't know. Uh, I do remember it's still a thing. Another thing. thing on Ryza, the one episode where Worf is like going around sabotaging Ryza and. Oh boy. Committing yeah. treason. Well, with but, Vanessa you know, Williams. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, two answers I haven't heard. Calto from Voyager, the Vulcan mm-hmm. game. And poker. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Jesus. The, <clears throat> the pivotal next generation recreational game. Indeed. Um, I know, right? Like, I'm like, hmm, geez, me and my dumb original series trivia is not really going to pan out anymore. (laughs) I actually have one that uh, people might enjoy. Okay, Okay. go ahead. All right, so, and this is beta canon, so I I will forgive you if you don't know this. How are the entity at the center of the universe and Q related? Mm. Oh. When you say the entity at the center of the universe, there are multiple things. Oh, sorry, the center of the, center of the galaxy. So, we're, so when you say yeah, center of the galaxy, there's the Cytherians, and then there's the entity from Star Trek Five. Correct. That is the entity I'm referring to. The that was an Star imprisoned. That was an imprisoned Q. Close. What do you say, Big J? Um. Now I've you, you got me on this one. Pass. So there is a series of novels which I severely recommend if you're a fan of the Q, known as the Q Continuum, ironically enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entity in Star Trek V is an imprisoned being from another sort of extra dimension. And that's also why we have the Great Galactic Barrier, because there's another entity outside of the galaxy trying to get in. And even the, uh, if you remember the green ghostly fat man that shows up on mm-hmm. TOS, mm-hmm. he's one as well, as well as the red ball-like one that drives people mad and killing each other and things like that. So all of those entities are linked through Q because Delancey Q basically brought them into existence inadvertently. Oh. And that's why he's also looking after Earth, but I won't spoil anything further. Sindulu. Okay. It's like Moriarty. <laughs> I I appreciate that. That's really great. That was good. That was a good one. On the next generation, we got a series of original series guest stars. Mm-hmm. We got to see we got to see Spock. We got to see McCoy. We got to see Sarek. We got to see Scotty. Mm-hmm. Of those four. Which one showed up first? McCoy. McCoy. Because he was chatting with Data as he walks through the corridors. First very, episode. very good. Very good. That was a good one. That yeah, was that was why, actually, because that, like, Picard in Star Trek Picard, he's like 94. Mm-hmm. 100? Uh, oh, yeah. Star- yeah, Picard. But, yeah, but, but McCoy is 137, he says, know, right? or something. And I'm like, so why are they, why is he acting so old? I don't know. Well, I mean, not not everyone who's of the the same age is going to act or possibly be exactly the same. I mean, I I'm in my 40s and I feel old and someone who's in their 50s probably doesn't feel as bad. I mean, you can't even sleep without waking up and your arm hurts or you're 
pulled a muscle near freaking hamstring or something. It just, you know, I don't know. That's an extra 40 years difference though. I got you. True. I yeah. Don't I don't know. I don't, know. don't have all. It just struck me as like, Oh wow. Human like lifespan is really long. That's why Brie is like almost 40 because mm -hmm. that's kind of the age where you would like start or be at the beginning ish of your captain hood. Mm -hmm. So last ahead, question. I sidebarred. Last question for all the points. Okay. What did Patrick Stewart hate about the ready room set? About the ready room set. Wasn't it the fish? It was the fish. Oh, oh I think I have heard that one. He why did he hate the, the fish? fish? He just wasn't a fan of Livingston. Huh. Okay. Which was the name of the fish. Named after one of TNG's producers. It's a lionfish, right? Mm -hmm. It was a lionfish. Gosh, Good I catch. should just hang up my trivia master credentials and give them. Um, back well, to I'm doing a TNG watch there. So, <laughs> oh, so it's but, fresh. I but I always know it looks off spiky. On you. Yeah. yeah. You guys are going to be watching track and be like, oh, Dag's going to ask me this someday. I got to know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that's it for Trek Trivia. Thank you for playing. No, thank, thank you for, you for hosting. Me. Yeah. So I think that's about it. We're coming up on two hours. So um, you guys did it to me again. Yeah, we did. We well, but that's, so that's okay. About. I mean, there's like we said before, we're under uh, this COVID-19 quarantine. So y'all don't have anything more to do than sit and listen to our uh, hour and 50 minute podcast. That's, on the next episode of yeah. Beyond Trek podcast, Watney and Mike will fight to the death. Oh, that was good. I like that. I'm lying. <laughs> Put him up, though. <laughs> well, well, Mike, thank you. Will you will knock yourself out. Oh, no. <laughs> Wrong genre. <laughs> you always have to have it at least once. You, you yes. got to throw yes. it in. Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. Mike, it was a real treat. Thank you for, for coming on. ELH, Mark One. Why don't you uh, tell our listeners and uh, our audience your different uh, your, your twitch your youtube just give it all to us again where, where, where can, can we, we find, find you? you online sure uh yeah it is elhmk1 on twitch youtube twitter patreon and i believe kickstarter as well which uh fun fact what i'd like to throw out there uh the kickstarter for my original mermaid style setting uh was very successful i did want to say thank you to all my supporters there and i'm hoping that by june i will have a Nice looking premium PDF that uh, the masses will get. I, I'm looking really excited to uh, work on that some because, as you can tell, I uh, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So, mm -hmm. well, it's, if you need if you need a content editor, I'll volunteer my part, and you can edit that part out. Jay, sorry. Oh no, no let's no, leave no, it. This fine. is all good stuff. Yeah, do it. Yeah, this is good. I love it. We'll talk after. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and for our listeners as well, for the hosts and Beyond Trek as a whole, you can find us on patreon.com slash Beyond Trek. On Twitter, you can find us at Beyond Trek Pod and on Facebook at Beyond Trek Productions. And find we would definitely there. like to to widen that, that production. And uh, we've got this Tech with Tato that, uh, that Dag did recently. And uh, the next episode is going to be about the nx enterprise yes yes that's awesome so basically you and uh one of our uh one of our guys that does the uh, production with us is going there you're going to sit around and sit and talk about the different uh technologies uh talk about the ships mm -hmm. et cetera. Et cetera. so the first one's going to be on the nx01 so that would be great to have uh something there uh would love to see the stuff that that you guys are 
writing, recording, doing, uh, your, your Fenrir, Fenrir, uh, thing sounds awesome. That's, that's great. Uh, love to see some, some more of that. Um, any of these things you guys do, you know, that's, that's what beyond Trek productions is, is all about is these, these little pieces of giving creativity and outlet, um, and each of us has sort of that, that thing that we do. And so that's, that, that's awesome to give it kind of that, that variety feel. So, uh, yeah, between Starfleeters, TikTok, uh, Fenrir, all that, all that stuff. That's what the, uh, that's what the YouTube channel is, is there for. So, um, hopefully at some point see some of that stuff and, and Dag is doing a great job, basically the, uh, producer and director of, uh, of that and of, of, uh, tech potato. And we're doing a, You've got a game show that's that's coming up that's going to be a part of it as well. The nth degree, we just need people to pop in for trivia. Yep. Well, you count yes. me in. You know, you know, I'm in. So yeah, that's going to be a trivia show. It's going to be great. These are these are good times. So again, thank you all. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Watney. Dag. Yeah. We'll see Thanks you next to the time. Listeners. Bye. We are beyond Trek podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious Trek content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us. Resistance is futile.